Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. Thank you for joining us. Subscribe. iTunes, audioboom.com. A lot to get to today. Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com coming up in 60 seconds. Yesterday's show, if you missed it, I explain why, of course, Andrew Whitworth would leave Cincinnati, and if he hits free agency, Cincinnati, the organization, the Bengals, need to be prepared to move on without Andrew Whitworth, or any of their free agents for that matter. To me, if the Bengals, and I, I've discussed this so much, and it's it's mind-boggling, if they want to retain and keep their own, if that's what they do, they draft, develop, retain, and resign then they should do that with the big three, their big three free agents, Andrew Whitworth, Dre Kirkpatrick, Kevin Zeitler. I get the feeling that one of those guys will be gone, and we're going to talk to Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com, about Bengals free agency in just a minute. But, Jeff, I, I appreciate you joining me, and th- this is really interesting to me because you wrote about Willie Anderson in his Hall of Fame case, and you think Willie Anderson should be a Hall of Famer. I think there's no doubt in my mind he belongs. Whether he'll be a Hall of Famer is another question. Um, he's fighting the, you know, the small market, bad team syndrome. There's more guys coming out every year. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be an uphill climb, just like it's been for Kenny Anderson, who hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel there. But I, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, that he belongs. Why do you think it's? It's like that, the small market team, like, like not not just with Willie, but Ken Anderson. It, it's because you're in, you've been in those voting rooms. Why are, why does it seem like the Bengals are forgotten? Well, I think you know they uh, they they uh, they only have one primary Hall of Famer, it's Anthony Munoz, and uh, the only other teams that don't have uh, that that and, and, and the only teams that have less are, are, are expansion teams that started after the Bengals. Um, and I, you know. Uh, a lot of it is in the era where Willie played uh, the 90s. There was a lot of disarray. Uh, when Marvin came, the Bengals began to get back in the spotlight. But even when Kenny Anderson played, who was on who was on very good teams and had great numbers, he gets lost. And uh, you know, I, I James, it's a it's a hard thing to put the finger on. I think the only thing you can put the finger on is that the Hall of Fame is filled with too many good players on great teams and not enough great players on good or bad teams because it's the great teams that's all you get inundated with in football. It's dynasties. It's uh, it's America's team. It's uh, the system team. It's the Patriots. It's the Cowboys. It's the Steelers. It's the teams that win Super Bowls that get all the acclaim, but that the, 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 that that. You know, I mean, the Bengals have done their share by going to two Super Bowls, which is more than, you know, eight or nine of the franchises. But it's the teams that, that win them that I think uh, uh, I think get a lot of the publicity and the players are lost. And that's something I think that probably the Hall has got to look at. There's, you know, 
for every uh, you know for every Terrell Davis nice player on a great team. Mm-hmm. There's there's a, there's a Ken Anderson and a Willie Anderson who were uh, much better players than Terrell Davis, but didn't have, but didn't play on as good teams. And you wrote just give us a, an idea, and I thought some of the stories. Of of Willie shutting down uh, future Hall of Famers, great pass rushers were interesting. Give us just a, a, a sense of, of what you wrote about and, and tease our listeners so they can go check it out on Bengals dot com. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, look, this story uh, I blame my uh, I blame myself for uh, not uh, giving Willie more ink. I'm 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 part of the problem. Okay, <laughs> uh, I, it's not just that he played in Cincinnati, but I did a bad job in the last couple of years getting his story out there and it really didn't hit me until I was sitting in the room talking about this year's candidates and they were talking about Tony Baselli who I believe should be in even though he only played seven years because of injury but as they were talking about Baselli and as they were making the points about Baselli I'm thinking well hell Willie Anderson did all this you know and maybe even better and uh, you know uh, you're talking about a guy who played in an era. I call it the golden age of pass rushers because of the of the uh, top th- uh, of the top thirteen sackers of all time. Um, they all they they all played at some point when Willie played. Now he wow. didn't play he didn't play against all of them, but that's where you know. That was that was the thing. Pass rushing became the thing because the pass became the thing, and the thing the second best the, the second thing besides the pass became stopping the quarterback. And Willie actually did play against nine of the top eleven sackers of all time, and the only guy that got a sack on, on him once was Bruce Smith, who uh, was the leading sacker of all time, and he and he and he with two hundred, and he got Willie. <laughs> it's it's a great story, I, you know. Willie's when you're a great one like Willie, you remember everything. That's why you're a great one. And he he uh, remembers in the last minute he's feeling pretty good. He's a rookie. He was playing left tackle as a rookie. He didn't he didn't go over to the right side until 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 uh, Boomer was uh, you know kind of get established a quarterback, and they were looking to to protect his uh, blind side. But um, he was a left tackle that rookie year, and he was feeling pretty good with a minute left. He wasn't happy with the way the game was going. They were down by two touchdowns but to Buffalo. But he thought, my God, I've shut out my boyhood idol. Yeah. You know, and then he looked as a over. Rookie. With, as a rookie. And then he looked over, and Smith was coming back <laughs> on the field, and he's thinking, why the hell is he coming back on the field? Well, you know, Willie knows now. I mean, it was uh, uh, they were trying to get Bruce the defensive player of the year. Maybe if he could get a cheap sack against a uh, against the rookie. And, uh, you know, Bruce got him. I don't think it helped that there was a backup quarterback in there. Eric Wilhelm was in there. And I'm not sure Wilhelm was in the right spot. But Bruce got around Willie, and that's all that matters. And But uh, that's a pretty good day for the rookie from Auburn. And uh, that would be, you know, that would be a, a, a sign of things to come. I mean, uh, Jason Taylor just went into the Hall of Fame. I was surprised about that. Mm-hmm. I, Taylor's a hell of a player, worthy of discussion. I didn't think he'd be a first ballot guy, but he went into the first ballot. Willie, you know, Willie played him twice and shut him out. So, uh, you know, one of the games, folks will remember the 04 game here, which was the first primetime game at Paul Brown Stadium, Carson Palmer's uh, first win. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so uh, you forget it. And I, you know, like I said, I'm, uh, I'm, 
I'm a culprit because uh really didn't dawn on me until I started talking about these other guys. That's another thing. You look at a guy like Willie, you, my God, you took it for granted. It's kind of like wit. You know, mm-hmm. you take you take wit for granted. These guys don't get the quarterback. You don't talk to them. You know, you don't talk about them. Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com, joining us. Jeff, I, I thought it was interesting, something else you wrote uh, about the current Bengals. It sounds like they still believe in Jeremy Hill. He's going to be in the fold next season. That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, I you know that I guess that could change, but uh, that's that's what I'm hearing. Um, I uh, you know uh, I don't know. I mean, things could shift. You know, and uh, I I I think they want to bring back Rex Burkhead. There's no doubt in my mind they want to bring back Rex Burkhead. But you know, if Hill is still here and Geo's and and Geo looks like his rehab is doing fine, they're probably going to draft the guy too. I mean. Rex is probably wondering where does he fit, you know. So I think before he came back, he'd have to have some kind of assurance, you know, that he was going to get a hell of a lot more snaps than he did in his first four years. And that, and I think, you know, obviously if they gave him a uh, if they gave him a commensurate salary, you know, that would be, that would be hammered out. But like I said, I in my mind they have not written off Jeremy Hill. Does that surprise you at all? Um. No, not really. No one, Marvin. Marvin's committed to these guys. I think Marvin feels like, uh, you know, Hill, Hill had such a great rookie year that there's still something there. You know, I think other guys maybe on the outside looking in are, are thinking, uh, you know, well, Rex was clearly the better back in the last six games. Mm-hmm. Why not just move on? But I think, you know, Marvin's got, a, I think Marvin has a sense of loyalty. I think Jeremy is a guy who has, is, is, has brought a great attitude to it. They told him, "Hey, look, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta handle the ball better." Uh, and he went out there and he did, and he he, he, he didn't fumble, you know. And it's <laughs> something that get lost. Yeah. You know, he struggled on the ground, but uh, you know uh, that was a real thorn in the side. Uh, after that 15th season, we all know how it ended, and the guy doesn't turn it over. And I and I thought that was, you know, kind of remarkable. It was something that really went. Went underrated, went under the radar. Um, you know, you look back at what he did in '14, and uh, he took this team on his back. Yep. And it, sa- it sounds to me like they think they can fix him. And uh, you know, it would certainly help, I guess, if they if they block better. I think we can give him that. Uh, but that's the thing uh, behind the same line against the same opponents. Rex was clearly, you know, had had the better year. So. Um, I, I I really do think they want to wrap up Rex, but uh, I don't think they've uh, I don't think they've said goodbye to Jeremy either, and, and they probably shouldn't. And uh, but I do think they're going to have another back come in here too, too. And I think he's going to be a uh, he'll probably be a very good rookie. You mentioned the blocking. I, I think it's it's interesting because the vibe I get just based on. What I'm reading, what I'm hearing is is that they're probably going to lose one of their offensive linemen, whether it's Andrew Whitworth or Kevin Zeitler. I can't really imagine an an offensive line without either one. But in my eyes, Zeitler, despite playing guard and not tackle, being 26, 27 in his prime, has to be the the guy you go after. But it doesn't feel that way, at least from what I'm reading. No, I mean, I don't think, you know, that's not their M.O. I mean, you can go back to uh, Max Bontoya. They don't, they don't pay guards. Uh, you know, and, uh, 
maybe I think probably a better a better comparison, a more fair thing, because we're in the free we're we're in the unfettered free agency now. You know, go back to Mike Goff. You know, and I think it's a formula that has worked well for them. They don't they don't pay their guards top shelf money. They pour it into the tackles, and they've got to pour whatever they can pour into Andrew Whitworth. Um, because uh, that's the guy they need. They'd love to have Zeitler back. They're just not going to pay. I just can't see them paying a guard that much money. And this this is a plug-and-play league. It's a salary cap league. You have got to have people um, at positions like that that you think can play. And they've they drafted a guy in the fifth round in Westerman. Uh, I think they think can play. They've had a guy in the practice squad for the last several years in Trey Hopkins. Um, you know, uh, these guys are not Zeitler, but they have won with guys like that in the past at right guard. So, um, I, you know, to me, right guard's not the question. I think they'll figure out something there, be it a, be it they draft another guy, or I, I think they've got confidence in Westerman, uh, they've got con- uh, confidence in Hopkins, but, and, and TJ Johnson, but I, the question is right tackle. How good is your right tackle going to play? I mean, part of the reason they've been able to weather the departure of guards is they've had the great tackle. Mm-hmm. Now they don't have that now at right tackle. They've got a. Uh, they're going to have a. They think Fisher is going to be okay there. He looked. He looked better than a way he did there the last three games. But he's going to have to look a lot better if this thing is going to work. So. To me, that's the big question. Is is yeah, it's okay. I think you've you've proven you can not play pay guards top money, but that's because you've had the that's because you've had the great tackle next to him. So one of the reasons is because you had the tackle next to him. So I mean, you know, um, if they do go on without Zeitler, you know, Fisher's going to have to that 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 puts even more pressure on Fisher. But I think. You know, on paper, that's the way to go. You got to give money to Whitworth. You got to give money to Kirkpatrick. You're going to try and bring back Rex. You know, so um, my, you my, can't pay everybody. Yeah, my my question then would be on an offensive line that was just okay, if not worse than okay last year. If you lose probably your second best offensive lineman behind Whitworth, how do you make that weakness less of a weakness next season? Well, I think you probably got to you got to change. I mean, you got to change things schematically, and you got to change things philosophically. I mean, you've got to run the ball. I mean, you got to take heat off your linemen. Um, you know, the best way to do that is to run the ball. I mean, I think that's the first order of business is to get the running game straightened out. Um, but um, you know, the 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 what has kept what 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 has um, been the strength of this line, uh, you know, since the begin since since. Marvin's been in here is, is, is the tackles. He's always been, he's always had these tackles. And so this is the big question. To me, that's the big question. If they can get, if they can get Fisher up to speed and, uh, you know, to me, they'll, they'll be able to live it, guys. I mean, and I, you know, you're talking about, you know, you're, you know, if they'll be better. I mean, if Fisher is what they think he is, they're going to be better there because they struggled so badly at that spot. Um, and plus, Bowling's going to be healthy. I mean, that's something else you have to factor in too. So uh, you know, Bowling, Bowling, you know, Bowling hurt him um, because he was because he was limited. Yeah. So you know, I think that's a, that's that's something to look at too. Uh, um, you know, but. Obviously, to me, it's the biggest question. It's the biggest question of the off season. Is they've got to get this line. 
back to where it was in 2015, and they got to get the running game. They've got to get the running game straightened out. Uh, they've uh, they got to get back to it back to where it was in 2014 when it got them into the playoffs. It got them into the. They didn't have. They were they were so hurt in 2014 injury wise. They were as hurt. They were hurt worse in 14 on on offense than they yeah. were in 16 on offense. Yep. And yet. They won ten games because of Why? Hill. Hill. You know, because of Hill. Because they ran the ball. Because they were committed to it, and they had to do it. And it seems like when this team has to do it, they do it. In two thousand nine, they had to do it. Yep. They had they had glacial wide receivers, Lavernius Coles, who I could <laughs> probably have beat him to forty. Yeah. <laughs> they had Chad Johnson at the end, and someone named J.P. Foshi was the tight end, who was a nice pl- <laughs> who was a nice player, but you know he wasn't exactly a household name. They went to the playoffs. Yep. Why? Because they were committed to Cedric Benson, who was a big back and who got 40 yards of carry, whether he got hit in the backfield or not. Um, and they played defense. So, and in, two, in 2012, uh, they were, they had a very young offense mm-hmm. and they handed it off to Ben, uh, they handed it off to Ben Javis Green Ellis and, uh, they pounded it. And they made it in, they won, they won, uh, seven of their last eight. And so, you know, when they've done it, when they've had to do it, they've done it. And I think to me, this is one of those kind of seasons. This is an 09-ish kind of, kind of season. Remember, 09 came after they got Tyson Palmer killed. He got his, uh, he got, he missed 12 games. He was getting, he was getting, he, he got drilled in the first four games of the year. Hurt his shoulder was out, and I said, "My God, we have to protect Carson." So what they do, they hand, you know, and they have to come into that with that same mindset. They they got to protect Andy, or they're going to get him killed. Could that mean maybe a, uh, a, a an improvement? I know you said you expect them to draft one. I, I I would expect them to consider one, maybe not in the first round, but early on. A back to be a running back. Running back, yeah. No doubt, no doubt about it. I think they'll I think they'll take I think they'll take a serious look at Fournette. And the kid from Florida State, yeah, Dalvin uh, Cook, agreed. Yeah, I don't think they'll. Uh, I think they'll. Uh, they'll take a wrong look at those guys. Jeff, I appreciate the time. James, thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. That's Jeff Hobson, Bengals dot com. Good stuff from Jeff. Follow him on Twitter at Jeff Hobson C I N. And that that's an interesting nugget, isn't it? Uh, the Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, because I think that that's a real possibility. And it was hidden right at the end of that interview. But Fournette, Cook, to me, either one could help transform the offensive line. It would give Ken Zampezi a big boost. It would give Andy Dalton a boost. And in this draft, this offseason, say what you want about the defense, but the number one priority for the Bengals has to be get— like, I don't want the narrative next season to be Andy doesn't have enough weapons. If A.J. goes down and Eifert goes down, which we've seen year of uh, multiple years now, who else do you have? You need to have enough around Andy to where those two can go down and you can survive. And they didn't last year, and that's why they missed the playoffs for the first time in Andy Dalton's tenure and A.J. Green's career as well. So to me, offense first and try to – I mean, they're going to have 10, 11 picks. Try to get the defense. It starts with Kevin Zeitler. It starts with Andrew Whitworth, and it doesn't sound like, man, it's pretty obvious, man. They ain't keeping Kevin Zeitler. Did you see – did you hear Jeff? They aren't keeping Kevin Zeitler. What do you feel about that? How do you feel? 
to me, it boggles my mind that they would spend a first-round pick, keep him for five years, develop this guy. He's really good. He's in his prime. Let's let him walk because we don't prioritize his position, and he's going to cost his market value. It's market value. It's not like he's going to ask for something crazy astronomical. They're not willing to pay his market value. Makes zero sense to me. What say you? At James Rapine on Twitter, at Locked on Bengals on Twitter. Locked on Bengals Twitter account, pretty active. You guys are starting to follow. I appreciate that. Man. Also, by the way, email me, jamesrapine at iheartmedia.com. Your thoughts on Bengals free agency and so much more. I, I want to hear from you because th- there's a bunch of draft speculation, 64 days between now and the draft, and free agency speculation. Are you okay with Zeitler leaving? What free agent do you want the Bengals to get? On Twitter, at James Rapine, at LockedOnBengals. Email me as well. And until tomorrow, I'm James Rapine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast, the only Bengals podcast that records every single day, Monday through Friday, during the offseason. Thank you guys so much. Subscribe on iTunes, audioboom.com. Until next time, until tomorrow, I'm James Rapine, and this is Locked On Bengals. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17